Hello, everyone. I just want to give a warning that this episode ended up having audio issues that I could not fix. I talked with a guest about re-recording, but we didn't think we could recreate this conversation, and we really loved where it went. And so we decided to still share it. And so I just want to say I'm sorry for the audio issues. Something is going on with Zoom. I'll probably switch to another application because I'm so done with them. Um, and also, this was recorded before Easter, so some people might be a little confused at first about some of the things we referenced to. But please enjoy this conversation, and thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Speaking Up with Andrew Pledger. And this podcast allows people to share their stories of abuse and religious trauma in various religions and cults. Some guests come on the show to discuss specific topics to educate and bring awareness. Discussions will range from purity culture, mental health, religious trauma, Christian culture, deconstruction, spirituality, and much more. Now, let's get into this episode of Speaking Up with Andrew Pledger. Hello, everyone. This is Speaking Up with Andrew Pledger, and I am so, so, so excited (laughs) to have Nicole... Nicole Zell on the show today. We've been following each other online for a while now, and she is a singer and songwriter, and I've just greatly connected with her music, and I invited her to come on the show to tell her story and the inspiration behind her music, so I'm so excited to talk about that, but for people who do not know Nicole Zell, she is a singer-songwriter and has finally found her voice on her debut album, Asleep to My Own Magic. It's undoubtedly her most mature enlightened work yet, and after achieving minor success throughout her 20s, such as touring nationally with American Wolves and fronting Thrill Chaser and co-billing with acts such as Katie Tunstall and Vanessa Carlton and being featured on numerous press outlets such as Billboard, Fuse TV, and Today with Hoda and Jenna. Nicole took a step back to evaluate her position around the age of 27 as she sings in her song Seven years as a song penned as an apology for not believing in her younger self. For an artist who was timid to release solo music for years, Nicole holds nothing back on this album. In songs like Cycle, Zell dares to confront generational cycles, child abuse, her religious upbringing, and even God himself. As the story reaches an end, it becomes apparent that Zell has tapped into the ability to turn darkness into light, struggle into success, trauma into triumph, and mayhem into magic. In a song Magic, the closing song on the album, Nicole can be joyfully heard singing a healing affirmation alongside a celestial choir. 
I am safe. I am loved. I am healing. I am love. I am light because I am the magic. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love it. Like I was telling Nicole, like I was listening to her album and just it just mm, it, it connects with that inner child in me, and it's just caused me to be so emotional. I was literally crying, and. <laughs> So uh, your music is making a difference and is so healing. And, you know, you've been through a long process of deconstructing and healing to put out this incredible work. And I am so excited to hear your story. But thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me, Andrew. And I was shocked when you shared on your story a couple of months ago, uh, one of the songs, because I've been following your journey ever mm -hmm. since you did the interview with Josh Harris. Because, um, of course, we all know who Josh Harris is growing up in the yeah. evangelical community. <laughs> so um, when I saw uh, that podcast that you did with him or that interview when he was doing that series uh, on his Instagram page, that was just it, it, it was it was mind blowing how courageous you were. And then the, the aftermath of everything that happened and just what you have turned, how you've turned it all around and taken it. Mm -hmm. And now with the work you're doing and you're helping so many people on your platform and it, it's just, it's just amazing. So then when you shared the song, I was like, what? I'm like a huge fan. I can't believe uh, you know this album. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. But yeah, thank you for saying that. And like, I love the work that you're doing like oh like i love it when people can take their pain and turn it into purpose and turn it into an art form or something to make a difference so um i, I shared your music with a lot of people oh, that i know deconstructing so and they love it so much like thank you so much for sharing this with me like this is so helpful on our own healing journeys mm. and it's just oh it's just music is just so incredible and so touching so um so what was your upbringing like regarding religion and your background and i know that's like a broad question and there's a lot to dig into so yes. answer that however you see fit okay i'll try to give the cliff notes version so or we can go right in i don't care um, it's up to you go for it <laughs> so i was uh raised as an only child and a very conservative, sheltered, Christian, evangelical bubble in the middle of nowhere in Amish country, Pennsylvania. And uh, we were both uh, independent Baptist babies. Mm, so, okay, got you. <laughs> so yeah, we, we get it. Yeah. Um, so the main church growing up that I went to was independent Baptist. Uh, so, you know, we were both exposed to Awana, Vacation Bible School. I was listening to one of your, your episodes earlier today, and you and I forget which guest it was, but you were talking about uh, Veggie Tales and Adventures in Odyssey. And then you were mentioning like a cringy kids show, and I couldn't remember what it was, but it reminded me of the Donut Hole Man. Do you remember that? Donut Hole Man? I Did you know <laughs> what? Okay, you have to look it up. Yeah, he had this whole song like "Life without God's love is like a donut." There's a hole in your oh heart. God. Do you remember that? It's so funny because like I always heard about the hole in your heart growing up, but the fact that they made it into like a donut. Wow, that's so awful. Ugh. Look it up on YouTube. Oh <laughs> uh, wow, yeah. it's mm, 
Anyway. <laughs> anyway, sorry. I no, 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 you're fine. Yeah, so we have, sorry, we went on a little tangent there. But the, that that was the general upbringing. Those were the things I was exposed to. Um, but then I think my parents kind of went through these phases where they grew tired of the heaviness that was independent Baptist theology. So uh, then sometimes we would go back and forth uh, to this other church, which was an Episcopalian church, which is completely huh. out of, you know, left field. And we had a lot of ancestral ties there. A lot of people who were buried there and family members who had gone there for like hundreds of years. So, um, so then I ended up being baptized there instead of the independent Baptist church. Um, and what's funny about that is that um, I'm very much into, which we can get into later, but I'm very much into now, um, you know, pagan practices and magic yeah. and that kind of stuff. Love it. And the priest who baptized me, it came out like shortly after I was baptized, I was probably, I don't even, maybe around 10 or younger. I, I forget, maybe between seven and 10 or something. But shortly after that, it came out that uh, he was secretly practicing paganism and was basically like a modern day Druid. <laughs> oh, interesting. And he was trying to, he wanted to combine paganism, the lost like paganism culture with Christianity. And the church was like, no, 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 we're not Ooh. doing that. And then he ended up leaving. But there's like still articles about it online and stuff. This happened in the early 2000s. But I mean, it was a small church. It wasn't like, but it, but it was a, a small church in the middle of nowhere. But because it was, you know, part of the Episcopalian uh -huh. uh, community, it was kind of like a huge uproar when that happened. But so I always like to joke that like he accidentally baptized me into paganism. <laughs> <laughs> my parents don't like that they don't like that joke it's okay uh so and then and then yeah so then we kind of went between in between those two churches and then there was a lot of church shopping i think at one point my parents like all of us were just trying to find the answer and we went to so many different denominations like i was exposed to catholicism presbyterian methodist mennonite uh Eastern Orthodox, charismatic, non-denominational. Like we went to everything, every kind you could imagine, just trying wow. to search for the one that they felt in their hearts they could align with like the doctrine, the doctrine and the theology of it. And mm -hmm. I think that we ended up getting denomination whiplash and we just kind of stopped going to church like around the time I was a preteen, early teen, obviously. <laughs> Yes. And um, and then I, on my own, then as a teen, started getting into purity culture. I read I Kissed Dating Goodbye Oof. by Josh Harris. And I kind of then like championed my own spiritual path myself with not really like kind of without their guidance in a way, because, again, they kind of had taken a step back. And so I would like became a teen on fire for jesus i was like a jesus freak of my own accord i found a non-denominational church that i really loved and i joined the worship band and like kids music and that was probably around when i was maybe 17 18 or something and then by the time i was 20 then i had started deconstructing Mm, yes. And so you were homeschooled also, right? I was home. So yeah, I was homeschooled from K through 12. 
Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Same and, here. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know. Are you familiar with the curriculum Christian Light? I am not. Okay. They were a Mennonite curriculum. I don't, we weren't Mennonite, but again, like I live near a big Amish and Mennonite community. So maybe that's why my mom mm-hmm. really got into that curriculum. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, until around probably maybe junior high, that was like one of the sole curriculums we use. And it was all biblically based, historically, scientifically, like everything was based on the new earth creationists and mm you know yeah that was and then in high like like junior high and high school then i went to like a co-op one day a week with other homeschool christian kids and then like we had actually like actually it was very academically minded and it was like a really good program so then that that kind of helped like have some sort of socialization outside of just being at home all the time yeah and so did your parents end up landing anywhere or i know you said y'all eventually stopped so like what were their own beliefs or conclusions at the end of all that exploring yeah so it it's also weird because i feel like my family considering the type of community we were in kind of always bordered on the secular in a way Mm. like my dad back in the day was like a rock and roll hippie musician he always played in bands and he kind of was Uh like the prodigal son who returned to you know christianity and then my mom was raised like catholic episcopalian had a little bit of a quaker influence um and then kind of found christianity herself later on so they both kind of found it later on and my my mom was the one though who really spearheaded like we're gonna homeschool our daughter we're gonna get really intense with everything that was kind of my dad was pretty chill about it and my mom was the one who was like this is what we're gonna do and you know they both kind of then like i said stopped going to church and they were still spiritual in their own way and um now now they're actually they're 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 since divorced which was also a huge no-no like in you know that community Mm. Um, my mom still very much believes it all and is in it and my dad is very he's always been kind of progressive minded but he's very much so more now he does still believe that he still identifies as a christian but he's very into the metaphysical and other spiritual things Mm. um and they both always have been that way too. It was so funny because like they always were into like like metaphysical stuff and like the mystical and paranormal and crystals and rocks and stuff like that. And yet were like these like really conservative yes. Christians. So it kind of it was always the two worlds. And then again, because I was always surrounded by music because my dad came from a musical family, uh, there was always the we were always kind of in that secular world of. I pursued music from a very young age and they pushed me and supported me to do that, which was great of them. And so I was always kind of in that in entertainment industry, secular world from a young age. So it was weird. There was the two conflicting, you know, dichotomies of it all, I guess. Mm, Yeah. Wow. That, that is so fascinating (laughs) to me that you having those different, um beliefs together wow okay yeah. and so probably everyone now would be like yeah we we knew that she would end up this way because of because <laughs> of the way she was raised <laughs> <laughs> i mean i think i mean i in a sense i guess it's good to 
be exposed to different perspectives and different things, but what impact did you feel like Christianity, the beliefs had on your life? Well, I mean, again, up until I was 20, I believed it wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. Like I really, after my parents kind of took a step back, I took the reins and really tried to discover for myself, uh, tried to foster a deeper relationship with Jesus mm-hmm. and, and truly believed it. And, um, you know, and, and then also I feel like the church that I, the last church that I ever went to really was great and full of great community and people. Obviously there was hypocrisy. Obviously there was bad things that happened. Mm-hmm. And part of that is why I left. But um, I, it's like, if I could walk away from that, where I feel like it was probably the best it could have been within a Christian lens, mm-hmm. then it really was not for me. I tried, mm-hmm. like I tried everything. I'm, yeah. you know, I tried my best uh-huh. and I just, it's just still, it did it, it. I just finally realized, okay, I have to walk away to discover what I really believe and see things outside of a Christian perspective. Cause that's all I ever knew was a biblical Christian mm. perspective. Mm, yes. And so for you, what really started that questioning and that deconstruction process? So again, I was in the non-denominational church and um there were things that happened that i just wasn't comfortable with there was also a lot of i think that not just with that church but just in general there's so much fear mongering of um the like the just the spiritual warfare and i was Mm -hmm. constantly as a child but also growing up and especially later just scared of uh demons and satan and the end times and i was obsessed with the rapture and like kind of became a crazy conspiracy theorist with all that you know and um and so as i got older and tried to just like calm down with all that i realized like wait a second like logically a lot of this doesn't make sense and truly it's just you start to get out of that bubble you start to meet other people and see different cultures and you meet people who aren't saved and you Mm -hmm. realize like wait just because this person doesn't believe this or you know i started making uh you know becoming friends with people who were gay or whatever just because wait this means they're going to hell like no no that doesn't make sense that that wouldn't be a loving god that, that doesn't that, you know so it was kind of like real getting out of that bubble and being exposed to other things and other kinds of walks of life that made me realize okay i need to do a soul searching journey i don't care how long it takes i just started to research all different kinds of religions and cultures and um i mean i would i would spend hours upon hours listening to podcasts like life after god and born again again Uh and um i really got into like psychology and people like carl young i would watch hours i love carl young i love carl young (laughs) yes um i would watch hours of like christopher hidgens like debating on youtube and i just Mm -hmm. i looking back i was I was just on a, a, a quest b- trying to find the ultimate answer because I felt inadequate because of how far behind I was in just like normal life because of my mm. education and upbringing. And I felt like I had to prove that 
oh, I'm going to get the answer and then it's okay that I walked away. I have, I have to prove like that I, mm. I'm right in, in, in justifying my emotions and my feelings when I could have just from the beginning been okay with, okay, if this doesn't sit right with me, you can walk away from it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying that. And I related so much <laughs> to what you were saying, <laughs> like, oof. Tell me and... why. Get into it. <laughs> yes. Cause again, like the, I feel like that's kind of what I'm doing now, all the searching mm. and reading <laughs> and trying to find new answers, which I know I don't think I'll ever come to a definite, oh, I know a hundred percent, but I also, I, I love you because you're also <laughs> spiritual. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so and, I am. Yeah. So I, that's something I'm exploring more and having an open mind to. I think it's amazing you've been able to keep that. And I've heard you talk about that in your podcast. And I've thought about like, wow, this is incredible because I, myself and a lot of other people, I mean, for a long time, I was agnostic because I just, I couldn't uh-huh. go there to the, to the spiritual, even though it was always there on the surface. I, I, I couldn't, it took time to be able to get back into spirituality and like meditation and those kind mm-hmm. of practices, because I just, I couldn't fathom or, I, I couldn't hold space for anything that had to do with religion or deities uh-huh. or sp- like anything like that. It was just too yeah. traumatic to go back there. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really beautiful that you're able to still keep parts of it and foster that within yourself. And mm. be like, no, it's okay that both can exist. Both can exist. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, I love how you brought up Carl Jung because that has been a part of my kind of exploring um, really, I guess, taking more of like a spiritual or psycho-spiritual approach in a way, because for me, what turned me off so much was all these different spiritual beliefs our beliefs in general and Christianity that were harmful to your psychology. And that's what really, I mean, there are many other things, but that's what really pissed me off about spirituality. I'm like, it's just, you're doing all the, like all the toxic positivity uh, yes. that even outside of Christianity, I see it in other spaces. And I'm like, uh, like, no, like we, I'm not doing that yeah. shit. So no. for me, I, I, <laughs> no. I love it. And again, like even as I've I've explored new age stuff, I see, you know, again, people would, you know, they're not Christians, but they're justifying terrible things mm-hmm. and blaming people and victim blaming. And I'm like, oh, like it's <laughs> saying or, those patterns yeah, again. Or they're too positive. Again, like it's like, oh, I'm a, like, I see a lot within like the magic or witchcraft community. Like I'm a, I'm a light worker or like, uh-huh. Like, I get that, but I also feel like, again, there is a a balance to life and there yes. is um, yes. not like, I don't, I not maybe that there's like, oh, there's good or evil. I believe there's negative and positive. I believe in the uh-huh. science of that. And I think that you can't have one without the other. You can't have good experiences mm. without quote unquote, what we call bad experiences or like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's so important to have that duality and that's what i love about paganism and witchcraft it's the duality life nature Mm. cannot exist without yes and like that's what drew me to young really yes because christianity just completely demonizes the bad your humanity yeah the bad and 
Carl Jung was like, let's integrate the shadow or what Christianity would call the flesh or evil. He's like, and Jung's like, this actually, all of this isn't actually really bad things. They're just also things you've been taught by your culture, your environment to be ashamed of and to hide. And to be a healthy personality and healthy spiritually, you need to integrate all these parts of yourself and accept all these parts. Yeah. And so that's what drew me to it because I'm like, I know I want to grow in every area of my life. I don't want to become this person that's like, oh, like, let's just go this one way and ignore these parts. Um, And realizing, okay, like, it's learning. It's okay to have these unpleasant emotions um, because it can be easy to go from Christianity and then use spirituality to, again, repress certain parts of yourself and have shame for experiencing unpleasant emotions. So for me, trying to remove that perfectionism out of it and embracing your whole humanity and trying, <laughs> yes, whatever that looks like. And to me, like, I mean, it's for me, for the spiritual practices, I mean, it has been hard for me to even try to do that. Like right now, like grounding techniques have been kind of like the beginning for me to slowly get back into that. And even just journaling is just something that could be really spiritual for me. And like, I know people would be surprised by this, but, you know, I still actually pray sometimes, but it's just to me, I... I don't know. Like I just pray to the universe or something like that. A very general, like no specific thing. And to me, like what is powerful and what science has shown is like the benefits of healthy spirituality. So I'm like, you know what? I'm like, religion doesn't get this. Like Mm -mm. it's not the gatekeeper of this. No, no. (laughs) Like I can still use these things to better my mental health. And um, I'm excited to really keep exploring that and see what it looks like um but That's yeah sorry a little and tangent no no, there. no not no it's, it's, it's i love this because i i think again that's so beautiful you've already arrived to that point because for me personally i spent years of my early 20s just trying to find the answer because i thought i had to mm-hmm. and i finally arrived at oh i'm never going to know the answer that's okay. It's better that way. It's more beautiful and mysterious that way. And that way I can remain open-minded for the rest of my life and take mm-hmm. things from certain things and yeah. implement it into what I believe. And I, there's an exhaustion that comes with trying to find the answer that you're never, you're never going to find it and a crash that comes with it because the mental and emotional toll of losing your religion, losing your ideology. Yeah. I mean, like Oof. it's it sent me it sends many people into depression into suicidal thoughts and you lose like your that again you lose your whole ability you, yeah your yeah. But your purpose you lose your purpose and yes. you wake up one day and you realize oh shit wait so life is meaningless but my whole life i was taught like i was working towards a common goal mm-hmm. a greater good and now that was the hard, one of the hardest parts for me besides losing my community, my friends, and having to like step away from that was my loss of purpose. And like, wait, well, so then who am I outside of this? Mm, yes, in a sense, like, you know, that environment was your whole identity. 
like you said, like your your purpose, where your community was, and had that certainty and that stability. And without that, it is really hard. Oof. Yes, like I mean, I it's remember. comfortable. That's why people are people go to flock to religions because if you're like, here, this is here's here's the antidote of life. We got it all figured out. <laughs> of course, you're gonna be like, yeah, that sounds great. Instead of every day waking up and like wanting to lose my mind because I don't know what's happening on this spinning rock in the middle of the universe. Like, it, you know, it's much more comforting. <laughs> I, underst- I understand why people mm-hmm. are drawn to it. Mm, yes, yes, most definitely. And so um, for you on your journey, I know you talked or you mentioned how, yeah, in the beginning it was really hard. So what was that process of for you finding that meeting, finding that magic in yourself? Around the time I started deconstructing, well, I'll never forget. It was, and it's funny because Easter is coming up. It was on Easter. I was watching The Prince of Egypt every year. I watched that movie on Easter for some reason. And I was watching it and it was getting to the part where God is talking through the burning bush to Moses. And I was just, I don't know, suddenly like critical thinking hit me. And I was like, this doesn't make any sense. (laughs) And I, and I just, that's when I was like, okay, I got to figure things out. And so around the same time, thankfully I happened to be moving out of the area I grew up in. And I moved to Philadelphia to the city where I was surrounded by again, other cultures and mindsets and religions and things. And then um, I joined a band that I was in and we toured a lot and just were going all over. So I, I kind of was able to escape like my former life at the same time that I was already kind of pulling back from it. That was my excuse. And then, and I left and then I didn't talk to anyone. I couldn't even drive through the town where my church had been in. Like I, it was too triggering for me it took years to be able to see people again and be able to have normal conversations it took years to be able to tell my parents like how i truly felt and i and i would i would try to like ease into it with them and stuff but and now we have full-blown conversations and it's totally fine uh but yeah it, it took a long time to it was i mean i lost again my community my best friends that i had um you know everything in a way yeah mm-hmm. yeah, yeah I, I know what you mean because like when i got kicked out of bob jones <laughs> i can't oof. even imagine i can't even like complete change of just everything all at once <laughs> and it's exciting because i you know i transferred to online school and I'm in my last semester right now, and I'm going to graduate in May of That's 2023. Amazing. Congratulations! <laughs> Thank you. Wow. Wow. Oh, I know. So exciting. It's a long road. Oof. And so, what? I know you said you know your your parents and your dad kind of introduced you to like the metaphysical. So, what really got you back into exploring spirituality? Honestly, the gateway to it all, astrology. <laughs> That's everyone's <laughs> answer ever. Uh, astrology and studying alchemy and realizing, oh, wait, these were like the two oldest forms of, uh, in like human history of like uh, belief systems or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this is ancient. Like, this is interesting that this has been around yeah. for so long. It predated 
uh-huh. Christianity, Judaism, Islam, everything, you know. Um, yeah. And then just slowly then astrology, alchemy, and then realizing like, my, I feel like my whole life, it was always there. Like, again, the, the spiritual connection or that, mm-hmm. um, whatever you want to call it, the witch yeah. thing, magic, I don't know, but it was just uh-huh. kind of there. And so then I had to kind of then reframe that of like, okay, so it's not in an organized religious sense. It's not, you know, a label. It's uh-huh. kind of, I can build it to what it it feels right for me. And I think that's the key is that it really, it's not one way. Everyone is a unique mm-hmm. individual. So everyone's spiritual path or non-path is going to be different for them. And so, yeah, I, I, I just, and then it, I, I think that, magic witchcraft paganism whatever you want to call it i think it just spoke to me because as a woman there's just so much harm that is done through like a patriarchal religion such as christianity Mm -hmm. and i i was drawn to it because of the matriarchal components and how you know in a lot of the pagan cultures or whatever they believed in the again the duality of god and goddess Mm -hmm. the abrahamic religions really ruin that for everyone (laughs) like it's just it's just been a steady like decline (laughs) ever since no um yeah so there's just so i just liked that there was like a goddess represented repr you know representation in religion um Mm -hmm. But and and also it connected me to a big part of it because I'm I'm not necessarily into like deity worship or anything like that. I'm more so into I, I the ancient ways of it all appeal to me. Being in touch with nature and Mother Earth, honoring all living beings, like the the sacredness of that, and um, that I know that that's what my ancestors practice. So it's it's also like a way to kind of like heal my ancestral. Mm. trauma or lines or whatever because i found people like that up up in my lines too Mm -hmm. when i did when i did a bunch of genealogy research so it's kind of reclaiming all of that for me okay i see and so now that you made a or mentioned kind of healing that generational trauma that definitely has a theme yes um in your album like uh, there's a couple of songs i I love your whole album love it thank you but there are a couple of songs that just really like personally connected with me one of them was cycle Mm -hmm. and the other one was magic and like for example um let's see i trying to I, i wrote down the lyrics of it but um and cycle is like you don't heal the trauma if you don't face it you carry it on to the next generation you got to end the cycle you got to break it i mm, thank you love thank it thank you and when i heard that it, it to me was a reminder of oh this is what i'm doing because mm-hmm. i think as we are on our journeys there are things i think they're important to help remind us of what we're doing because at times we can lose focus so your yeah. song <laughs> It's so helpful yeah, to me so because the healing journey, it can get so discouraging mm-hmm. yes. at times. It's so kind of having that reminder is so helpful. And your other song, Magic, uh, this like the first time I heard it and I, and I still hear it at times, it just made me cry. But this mm-hmm. lyric, I let everyone silence me and take away my power. 
mm-hmm. like to me that was so relatable and specifically i think to me and like other people in the deconstruction community and who have, are dealing with religious trauma a lot of us were silenced yeah our power was taken away and then later on in the song this, this other lyric stood out to me all i needed was within because i am i am the magic i am safe i am loved i am healing i am light yeah <laughs> oh like my inner child <laughs> well and it's all the things that we would always think praises to god for to jesus for mm-hmm. right so it's yes. turning around that narrative and being like no you know what i i have that within me and i can tap into that power within myself mm-hmm. and yeah and and i don't need a god or a deity or something to come save me i can do that Mm. yes and so i'm really curious to literally dig into more of like your journey with writing music so when did you really i know your dad was a big influence on that so when did you really start on your own exploring those abilities and passions I, I started singing like when I could speak. I just was always singing as a toddler. Uh-huh. And um, then I, I was just always writing like little songs or poems. Like when I could, when I started to learn how to write words, I, I was always so drawn to language and words. Um, yeah. So it was just, it was just always there, like for as long as I could remember as long as for as long as I could start expressing myself in those ways, it was, mm. it was there. Mm, I see. Thank God, so, too, because what a great, like, outlet, you know? <laughs> yes, yes. And so when did you realize that you wanted to pursue this as a career? Again, because it was always there, I think almost uh-huh. in to a fault, I didn't ever think about a plan B or anything else, mm-hmm. uh, which is what I'm unraveling right now, currently, uh, now that I'm approaching my late 20s. But... I'm very thankful that my parents really pushed me to pursue it and they supported me. And it was just kind of always like, I knew that that's what I was going to do. I graduated one year early from homeschool, high school uh, uh-huh. to to just do it full time because I already was doing it like for a living at that point. So mm-hmm. it's just always been Mm, which is good and bad it's a it's a good and bad thing (laughs) (laughs) got you yeah um and so like this album tell me about your journey with writing it and the process of it so around the time that i started deconstructing like 20 years old is when, you know, I joined different bands and I, and I got involved in other projects that weren't my own music. And I always just wanted to go back to pursuing things as a solo artist, as a singer songwriter. But I really think I had to unpack all the religious trauma, the childhood trauma, um, and, and find my, find my voice again to be able to make an album. And so for seven years, I didn't release any of my own music. And um, it, so it's about, again, apologizing to my younger self that I kind of abandoned her and didn't believe in her enough at the time just to think, oh, yeah, I can do this. I can believe in myself. And um, then finally fulfilling that promise of like, OK, I'm going to do this for myself. And I, and I have this this message that I need to just put put out just even just for, for for my sake, again, just to to show up for my younger self and to change that narrative. 
Um, so, so yeah, that was the journey of that. And, and we, it covers a lot of different topics again, like cycle, you mentioned it covers, uh, like the generational trauma, like healing those cycles. Um, as a side note, I know you're into psychology. I don't know how much you know about epigenetics, but it's a fascinating field of study Ooh. about how we really yes. do carry on trauma through our DNA. Mm. Um, so that's, yes. that fascinates me that that is kind of in that song, but then also like in the second verse, it references uh, uh, sexual abuse I experienced in the, in the mm. Christian community wow. growing up. So like unpacking that and um, yeah. And then also just unpacking like the, then uh childhood trauma aside from the church and and like how that influences then your relationships when you're older and unhealthy <laughs> patterns in relationships and all Ooh. of that kind of stuff you know yes that when when i saw that your album was inspired by religious trauma and you know being a narcissistic abusive mm -hmm. relationship I relate to that and it's it's interesting because I knew those two things were not separate. No, when... yeah, they're all it's all connected somehow. <laughs> it's all connected and it's interesting. I was recently on a podcast. It's going to come out. I'm not sure when, but talking about how toxic religion can groom us to be in these narcissistic and toxic relationships because we've been handed a pattern mm -hmm. of really on a more like systemic level and also taught on like that christian level you know where god's like oh you're nothing without me you are worthless yeah yep without me and like this codependency it's literally the language of an abuser is yes. the god of the bible i'm sorry but it is and yes and you were saying this in one of your other podcasts that i was listening to about then the people who not all but a lot of people who have the narcissistic tendencies are drawn to those religions for control and power and so i think that you're right it's it's like the trickle down effect of the first of all, the God of the Bible has those tendencies. And then it's like, okay, mm -hmm. who's drawn to those teachings that then teach us as children? And then, of course, when because God and then probably our familial figures or whoever, like because that's what we're used to in relationship, that's what we're going to be drawn to in romantic and, and even in friendship relationships. Mm. Yes. And so with, oh my gosh, like for people listening. Yeah. So the album is called Asleep to My Own Magic. And I just love it because I I see the growth throughout the album, like your own journey and going through all these hard things and overcoming. And in the end, it's like, you know, everything I had was in me and like, it's not easy to get to that point mm -mm. at all and so and a That's lot like of like blasphemous these, oh it is blasphemous it is and i love how you have like the holy choir or whatever <laughs> and it sounds the celestial choir type thing it's just incredible um and in the environment we were taught that nothing inside of us was good and just setting ourselves up for self-hatred and cutting off those parts of ourselves and and it was all about control really they wanted to control us and you know i think again like i love your spiritual approach of taking in all of it like yes we have these darker parts of ourselves these unpleasant things and not all of them are really 
bad. There's just a lot of things that are in there from like shame from our upbringing that we need to integrate. And so, you know, I think that approach can help us become healthier people as we integrate that. And that is just so offensive to religious people. I know. And <laughs> that, rebellious. <laughs> yes, that you could have those resources inside of you. And you know, it's a journey and a process, most definitely. But I think I wanna, you know, validate you for doing that because it's scary. Because it's not easy to go without that framework and have, you know, this the black and white answer for everything, but to do that dive through healing and digging into those parts of yourself, it's not easy. A lot of people really like most people all the all the time do everything they can to avoid themselves. Yeah. <laughs> all the time. Yeah. <laughs> So it's not easy. And like religion has in a way to really do that, even though like, you know, there's, they tell you, oh, this, you know, you can grow, you can become a better person. But it's like, as I got out, I was like, no, like this is disconnecting me. This is cutting off parts of myself. And I feel so fragmented and just disconnected from myself and other people. Um, but when you release this album, what were all of the emotions? To be honest, I think I'm still feeling it. I uh -huh. kind of went postpartum with it after oh, I released wow. it. <laughs> um, I really, I, yeah, I think because all of last year, that was my sole focus. Mm -hmm. And we did it within, we started in March and it was released in November. And uh -huh. it was just two of us, my producer, Rod Pyers and I, um, and then I self-funded it and then opened it up to generous donations for mm -hmm. people um, contributing. So, and I'm an independent artist. So I think I just, after I released it, I was exhausted and I didn't even realize how burnt out I was Ooh. from it. And yeah. not just from, again, the process of that, but then also it's like, okay, wow. I just like covered like all the trauma of my life or a lot of the trauma of my life. <laughs> and now it's out there in the world. <laughs> Um, so, so, so yeah, I, I am still kind of coming back from giving my, I'm learning to like, okay, give yourself grace and just let yourself rest. And like, I'm just trying to go really easy, um, after it, you know, it's only, it's only been like four or five months. Well, it's already been four or five months, but, um, yeah, it was, it was kind of like, a, a dark night of the soul journey even just releasing it mm. Mm. it taught me a uh, lot <laughs> yes well i'm i'm so happy you released it and <laughs> shared your healing with the world it is making a difference and mm. i hope you know that um and i think when this comes out the deluxe version will be out well, so yeah, so that's also part of it too, is that I was going to hopefully do a deluxe version at the end of okay. March. And then I realized like, what are you doing? You're not allowing yourself to rest. So I have, I have that on hold. I'm not that's sure good. when that will happen, but mm -hmm. yeah, I'm in like a really interesting process of like, okay, I'm just going to constantly be learning and healing and trying to give myself rest and space and grace. 
Mm-hmm. And that's 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 where I'm at with it. So I'm, I'm not sure when that will be out, but I hope so eventually. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm going to let it happen naturally. I though. got you. I got you. <laughs> can, can you at least say how many new songs will be on the deluxe? We were going to just do three reimagined versions. Mm-hmm. I would love to add some more. But so at this point, I don't I don't know what it's going to look like uh, okay. if, if it e- if it even happens. I might just do a whole different project. But I yeah, I'm kind okay. of figuring out what life looks like post post that album. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Well, yeah, I'll definitely be watching out for it and we'll be super excited to hear it or whatever you release. Thank Anything you. like <laughs> feed your fans to give us something. <laughs> Well, that, and that's encouraging to hear and thank you because yeah. you know as an artist you can get in your own head about things so i just i i just appreciate you your words um, of affirmation with it and and again like what you're doing is just incredible and what you've done in such a short amount of time like I, like how are you feeling are you are you giving yourself rest <laughs> like how, how are you doing you're about to graduate like oof i know what you mean yeah i know it has been a lot and like (laughs) i am i know what you i'm trying to learn to slow down but it's so hard for me and i think that's part of the trauma of constantly having to be productive or do something (laughs) yeah because if not you feel like you're being slothful or lazy or or like putting your like put putting your worth in what you do and just not and that's that's what I think has drawn me to spirituality is is about being. Yeah, just existing. Oh, yes. the so art that's... of doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, I know. Because for me, I was like thinking because like I I still struggle at times with shame, and I'm like and trying to like deal with it. I'm like Andrew, like you're almost graduating college. You've written the first draft of your book. You have a podcast. You've been in therapy. You've done all these different things. Andrew, stop. (laughs) Like, stop it. (laughs) It's incredible. You've done so much in such a short amount of time. So, yeah, just, like, don't ever feel. But when that religious voice comes in of the the shame, and it's it's not even maybe rooted Okay, part of it's rooted in our upbringing, but it's also rooted in capitalism and oh yes, and our productivity as a means for like profit and not just as people. People like mm. that voice is no use to us. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know. Yeah, so I think yeah, like I still I'm trying to learn to like not to consciously be like oh i have to reach this to feel good about myself oh i have to reach this level of healing oh i i have to heal myself completely by just i think part of the healing is learning to not heal <laughs> yes literally i know it sounds so <laughs> counterintuitive but it's true it does yeah it's true so that's something i'm trying easier said than done but something i'm working on and and i think for me too i it's so easy for me to forget my progress and not even honor that yes give yourself the credit you deserve andrew you've done so much in such a short amount of time you've achieved so much not like thank you yeah it's incredible let yourself bask in that and what you've done know that it's enough know that Mm. even even if you didn't do any of it it would still be enough Mm. Mm. yes yes and like 
I'm curious for your healing journey. Have you been to therapy? Yeah, and that was a big part of it. I actually, actually, I didn't go to therapy until a few years into my 20s, into the deconstruction process, but that was huge and very helpful. Therapy and psychology, I just can't ever get enough of yes. it all. Same. Oof. <laughs> As you know. Oof. I know, I know, I love it. <laughs> I, and I think, like, too, like, it's so, it's validating, I think. Yes. And it helped me help remove part of that shame and be like, oh, like this is legitimate or, oh, I'm not crazy or else oh, like, cause I think still like there's that voice of like, oh, something's wrong with you. Again, yeah. that messaging of you're broken, you're this, trying to reframe those things um, and like really deal with like those cognitive distortions that just mm -hmm. distort reality and trying to see these different angles like, Again, easier said than done. It can be really shitty at times. <laughs> like, oh. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. But is there anything else you would like to talk about before? Like, I'm so sad we're getting towards the end. So, like, let's keep talking. Like, yes. uh. <laughs> Um, no, I will talk with you at any point, anytime. I love all, all of all of oh. these subject matters. Um, I feel like we covered so much, you know, it's. But yeah, I think that the 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 general takeaway kind of it seems from this is where we're both arriving at, which is just healing is not only is it not linear, but it's just it's a journey and it, it never ends. And mm -hmm. it's okay to take a break from it too. And it's again, sometimes you have to in order to heal, you have to not heal for a while. So just go <laughs> easy on yourself and yeah. and I think so many of us are so hard on ourselves again because of the shame, because of the fear yes. of inadequacy, the lies we tell ourselves. Oh, maybe that wasn't that bad, the trauma I went through, or oh mm. man, I should be at this. Look at this person on social media. They've achieved all this. I need yeah. to be up to this point. No, just let yourself exist. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for coming on. You're welcome. Oh, like, I've enjoyed this so so much and for people listening i will link her album and her music and social media in the bio like if you're not listening to her music what are you doing with your life like what are you doing like please go listen to it it is so healing mm -hmm. but thank you again so much for coming on the show Thank you, Andrew, and for all you're doing. It's so healing, too. So thank you. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, thank you for saying that. And for everyone listening, this was Speaking Up with Andrew Pledger. Thank you for listening to Speaking Up with Andrew Pledger. Your support is much appreciated. Please leave a review and share with friends and family. And if you can, please support me on Patreon. And the link is in my description. Thank you so much for listening to Speaking Up with Andrew Pledger.